For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my counterpart, Joe DeLeon. Good evening, uh, good sir. Blake, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this offseason, man. We've got one football game left. I, I know I, I sound like such a... I keep repeating myself by saying this every time we've got less football games, but we've got one football game left. And the Super Bowl, I mean, it could not be any less interesting. I, I mean, are you are you... Are you coping the same way that I am? Has it even crossed your I mind? I mean, he, here's here's the way that I've I've dealt with this. So I really wanted the Lions to be in the Super Bowl. Okay? Yeah, because you know I've for been vindictive in- reasons for very vindictive reasons. Why? Why? Well, because you wanted Dan Campbell to get there, so then you could be justified in saying why the. Oh, I'm already justified. I mean, he took the Lions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he took the Lions to the yeah. AFC Championship. I'm vindicated. First off. <laughs> Understand, I'm already All right. vindicated. All right. I just like we we the NFL preaches parody all the time. Like they pre- they preach, oh well, this is why we do draft picks the way that it is, and and the NFL isn't chalky. Well, t- somebody's gonna have to tell New England, and somebody's gonna have to tell Kansas City that because there is no real parody. You know what it is? It's the same thing with college football. The best teams normally are there at the end. Newsflash, like a, like it's Blue's Clues, okay? We just got a letter. Wonder who it's from. It's from pa- no parody. That's who it's from. I, I, I will say this, though. I am kind of a Kyle Shanahan apologist, so I do. Really? Yeah, because I think offensively he gets he doesn't get the credit he deserves. Wait. He gets plenty of credit. He brought what are you Matt, talking about? He brought Matt Ryan, Brock Purdy, and Jimmy Garoppolo to a Super Bowl. Oh, this I understand what you're saying. I, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. I, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I think that Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo have been overly propped up during their level of success. And now this, it's happening with Purdy right now where, you know, we're glazing the shit out of him. All I had ESPN the, on the whole day. I, I leave it on when I'm working. And it was just nonstop glazing the whole goddamn day. Oh, he looked like Joe Montana. The way the plays that he made, and he's—I mean, the guy's not good. We watched him at Iowa State. He's a very limited player, and I, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, the real guy who should be getting the credit should be Shanahan. It should not be Purdy. Should not be Purdy. Uh, also, I told my wife this today. I am so over, so over this. Taylor Swift. I knew you were going to say that. I am. I'm over Taylor Swift. The only reason why she's popular is because she's dating Travis Kelsey. Oh, okay. Now you're just trying to start a, now you're just trying to get us in trouble here. I mean, she's, 
she's Please, being Swifties come at me. She's she's being she's brought mid. up she's mid singer. She's mid. She's being brought up be, on, during football games, yes, because she's dating Travis Kelsey, but she's also like an international pop star. I mean, like I agree with you. I think it's un, I, I, I like I really don't care. It, it, it's less of me being oh I'm sick of this. They need to stop showing her. It's more I don't really give a shit, and I'm just going to move on and pay attention to the football game. But yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. Well, we're not here to talk about the NFL. Yeah. We're here to talk about college football. I don't. I think that's the most co- uh, NFL that we've ever discussed on the show here, Joe. Four minutes of it. Yeah, four minutes. So we'll give our way, 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 way too early Big 12 uh, takes here. What do we think? Uh, who can come out of the Big 12? Missouri hires Corey Batoon as their next defensive coordinator. Blake Baker heading to LSU. Kayshawn Booty, gambling scandal fallout, and Jeff Levy first expectations. Joe, of those four, what are you most excited to touch on? I mean, the Batoon thing is something that it feels like was not really even covered today that they're hiring a new defensive coordinator. And I guess yeah, it's because it's Missouri. They're, they're not really a national brand. But, I mean, this is an underrated hire. I know that I cracked the joke the other day that it seems like a lot of times on these college football shows, the national ones, there's a lot of, oh, what a great move by this team with the, who they hired. And there's not really a lot of realistic uh, or or even any skepticism. There's like no sure real more. Sure. But what I'm saying here is I think that this is, an, a, this is a decent move, not one I'm going to get really excited about, but could mitigate some of the damage caused by losing Blake Baker. I'm really excited to talk about Jeff Levy. We had to punt on this yesterday, but I, I think for I think for me, I, Joe, I, I just don't know um, if people understand how good of an offensive play caller he is. Okay, he's been under some really good head coaches. I think it's his time. Uh, look, I think they've done really well in the portal. That nobody look, it's Mississippi State, so nobody's talking about it. So nobody realizes the five offensive linemen that they went to go get, five caliber starting SEC offensive linemen. So, yeah. you know, look, I, I think they'll they'll struggle a little to, to come out because he's a first-time head coach and, and, and yada, 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 yada. But you can't yada, yada, yada sex. Name that, name that, uh, that TV show. Signs, you can yada 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 sex. Oh anyway. shit! I should have known that reference. That's <laughs> that, that, that makes me mad that I didn't know that. But no, I think you bring up a really good point here with Levy that just because the year is not a great year does not mean that the team is not turning in the right direction. The roster was left in pretty big disarray by Arnett. So whatever happens, the way that he kind of left a really negative final stamp on things it's going to be a little tough maybe in 2023 but there's so much potential for uh huge strides and steps forward uh heading into 2025 without question so we'll talk on that and obviously our big 12 uh projections are going around the i guess the p4 now joe what what do we got the the what do we have next the big 10 that's about it the big no 10 we did this we did the big 10 i so yeah SEC? i guess we, I mean, we we're not doing the pac 12 so this is the last one that we're doing our way to okay. early projections for. Okay. Well, the P4, I mean, who do you – I mean, look, if we do the Pac-12 or the P2, whatever you want, or Pac-2, I mean, we have a – That would be the stupidest game. segment. That would be the stupidest segment that either of you have ever done because not only is it two goddamn teams – Oh, we have a 50, two, 50% chance of winning. 
But it's two teams with sh- – I get that, but it's two teams with shitty rosters and mediocre head coaches. So, like, I, what are we going to talk about? What the what the F are we going to talk about? I, both teams' best players are gone. Don't the only underestimate – Martinez for 30 minutes. Do not underestimate the Beavers. I'm gonna I'm gonna properly estimate them, which okay. means they're not worth talking about. That's the well, you, proper estimation. You underestimated them this year, and I told you not to. But when did I underestimate them? Oregon is going. I mean, uh, Washington is absolutely going to destroy. Oregon no, no, State. no, 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 no. I didn't say that. You said that Oregon State was going to beat them, and I challenged that notion, and you were wrong. That that's okay. where that's where that really comes yeah. into uh, you know reality here. Fair. Okay, well let's. Nobody remembers that. That probably didn't. Even happen. <laughs> that probably didn't even happen. All right, uh-huh. we got tons to talk on. Everybody, do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all those social media groups. Share to all of those social media pages. You're on YouTube. Like, subscribe, and notification bell wherever you're listening to podcasts. Rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're watching us on Caffeine TV, don't forget to give us a follow. I don't know if you can share there or not, but if you can, do us a favor by hitting that like and share there as well joe let's talk about our good friends over at bet online what are we doing oh we're doing uh cory batoon the missouri defensive coordinator when we return mizzou making some moves we'll talk about that next bet online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports contest events with the first to market odds in lines Find reviews for all the news for each league including major league baseball nfl nba nhl combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. We're back. By the way, did you see this today? Uh, it would appear that former and the, uh, the greatest of all time, did you see that Nick Saban was playing golf with 50 Cent and Travis Scott? Wait, really? Yeah, hold on. Stop. I'm gonna, I'm, okay, okay, so I'm going to bring this up. So hold on. This is from Nick Saban's daughter on Twitter. Uh, look at this. This is Nick Saban and Travis Scott. That's she not real. I refuse golf to with it's real. Travis. No, it's real. Like, no, they they actually had another photo of all of them in a picture together. So this just happened. This happened like an yeah, hour this ago. Happened, this happened today. So Nick Saban. In his first true week of retirement, is playing golf with Travis Scott. I wonder. I need to know who arranged that. I need to know oh, who. Saban. Saban's. No, no, Saban didn't set that up. You think that Saban set that up? No, I think it's the other way around. I think that those guys reached out. You think you Travis st- Scott has has Nick Saban's phone number? I think it was no. a charity. I think I'm pretty sure oh. it was a charity event. Oh, never mind. Nick Saban out there, she probably had had no idea who he was talking to. (laughs) By the way, did you see him? Did you see him boogie boarding? Where are you getting all these things from? From his daughter. His he's out there on the beach boogie boarding. What 
Kristen Saban has a Twitter account, his real daughter, and you got Nick Saban out there boogie boarding. It's the summer of Saban. It's the summer of Saban, man. He's living hey, his best life. White white boy wasted. Okay, that's Nick Jesus Saban. All right. Joe, today or yesterday, really, I guess, it was somewhat already being reported, but we'll talk about it today. Uh, Missouri and Eli Drinkwitz have found their defensive coordinator in Corey Batoon. Uh, Joe, you mentioned earlier that this is not getting the coverage or uh, that maybe it deserves or not being talked about it. Uh, enough. What do you think about the addition of bringing Corey Batoon, the former South Alabama DC, to Missouri to call defense? Yeah, this is a name that I, I really didn't even expect to be in any major P5 contending teams' conversations. I I really would not have thought that they would have gone after a defensive coordinator from a staff that just lost its head coach, but it's a good move. I mean, I look at what South Alabama has done over the past couple of years. They have been one of the best defenses in the G5 in that time period. Last year, they only averaged allowing 21 points per game and 312 yards per game. They had the 15th total defense in the country last season. And then I also would like to point out the uh, development and the uh, production for Yam Banks, who I believe is transferring to Old Miss this upcoming season, would have been a safety that would have been a part of the 2024 NFL draft had he not decided to enter the transfer portal. He's a good coach. He has done some very productive things at the G5 level, which are worthy of recognition. However, it's 2023 going in, or sorry, it's 2024. We're going into the 2024 season. Uh, I think college football is more and more different than it's ever been. And I'm just really wary about these G5 promotions. I would almost rather hire an assistant from another staff or promote from within, which was going to be tough because LSU raided multiple guys, not just Blake Baker. But I almost would have rather they go for a defensive coordinator from another staff in the in the Power Five or an, an assistant, just because I'm I just don't love sometimes these G five guys do not work out. We get really optimistic. We say, look at all the stats to produce to you know to prove it, but they're going up against such a different level of talent that I don't know if this is for sure going to work out, I, I'm a little, I'm a little wary. I'm a little skeptical. That's all okay. I'm going to say. Well, let me say this. Now, Eli Drinkwitz hired Blake Baker as his DC, who was a fired linebackers coach at LSU. So. Well, wait, 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 was he fired or was he just, you know, let go because of coaching turnover? Cause the, the well, staff I mean, was technically he's fired. I mean, coaches, I mean, Brian Kelly could have retained him. I mean, he's. Yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily call, but he wasn't fired because of performance. Less. He wasn't fired because of performance. He was no. Not but retained. at the same time, he was fired at Miami for being the DC. Goes and be is the linebackers coach. I, I get what you're saying. Okay. Not, yeah, yeah. All I'm saying is, on paper, Blake Baker technically is a fired linebackers coach from LSU that he makes a DC. I mean, that's a massive jump for Blake Baker. I get what you're saying though, but you know what's interesting. It's not like he hasn't been around good head coaches before, though, or coaches that are offensive-minded. Yeah. He was yeah. with Nick Saban in twenty in 2017 at Florida Atlantic. He was the co-DC with Lane, coach safeties and special teams as well. Joe was the DC at Hawaii for two years, then went to Liberty to coach safeties, and then was at South Alabama. Look, I, I think 
he fits a need because Baker coached safeties, right? So they don't really want to have a guy that comes in and coaches linebackers, as an example, because they already have a linebackers coach. They already have staff that's already filled in here that Eli Drinkwitz has put together. I, I do agree, though. I, I do get skeptical when it comes to hiring guys from a G5 level that has not called plays in the Power Five. But, you, you look, Corey Batoon has, has been in the SEC before. It's not like he hasn't. He's had time at Ole Miss. He was actually an assistant AD for recruiting operations in 13 and 14, and then he coached safeties in 15 and 16. So, look, I, I get what you're saying. I would, I would, I would say I agree if he didn't have a lot of time in the SEC. So he's been there with you, right? I'm pretty sure in 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that would be Hugh because I don't think there was – who was after Hugh? Uh, Matt Luke. I mean, let me, just, let me just check this very quickly. So Hugh Freeze, yeah, was at Ole Miss with Hugh Freeze, 15 and 16 coach safeties, okay, was with Lane Kiffin at Florida Atlantic – and now is going with Eli Drinkwitz. It's, I mean, he's been with some really good offensive-minded guys now. And, and you know what's you know what's even crazier with that? Okay, you have Hugh Freeze, Lane Kiffin, and now Eli Drinkwitz, three offensive-minded head coaches that's hired him for some kind of either position coach or as a coordinator. Here, okay, here's the here's the only thing that I I, I think that this type of a hire is meant for it reminds me of the austin armstrong hire last year which is a guy that i know that you really like that was hired from southern miss southern miss's defense was really good he got hired well, someone argued a year austin early didn't have any, he didn't have any sec experience though uh he was a quality control coach at uh at georgia i mean yeah but still, not, I, not I know but he's a young guy young coach. guy very 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 young guy so it's a it's a little bit different all I'm saying is that when you hire one of these G5 coaches, and I know that Batoon's a much older coach, I feel like it fits a little bit better with a developing program that is kind of building a foundation, not one that is about to make potentially an SEC championship shot oh, run. Like this is their – come on, what do you mean? What are you, what are you saying that they're in a, in a position to compete for the SEC championship this year? No, they're not. That's an outland okay, this is one of the better chances that they have in a long time. This is one of the better rosters that they have, and they didn't lose that much talent. Forget that for a second. They're trying to make a playoff in 2024. They're good enough to make the playoff in 2024, which we've talked about. And I don't know if, I don't know if a G5 coach is going to pick things up where Baker left off. He was the most important coach on their staff, Baker, because of how freaking good their defense was. And to jump for that that change to a G5 guy, it leaves a lot of questions for me. I mean, look, they don't have Georgia on their schedule. They they switch it out for Alabama and then Oklahoma and back-to-back -back weeks. Uh, one of those obviously being on the road at Alabama. I, I get what you're – I understand what you're saying, okay? I don't think they're SEC championship worthy yet. I, I don't know if they're there because I think Blake Baker is a big loss. I don't know if Batoon can come in. And, Joe, they lost a, a good chunk of, of good pieces defensively. And they lost arguably their two best coaches in Peoples and Blake Baker. 
So, uh, no, I don't think that they're SEC championship worthy. Now, I mean, they had one. They had a good portal hall. They had they had, they've added a number of of strong players defensively. I, I I'm not I, I don't I'm kind of shocked that you don't think that they're good SEC enough to be in that top four. Worthy? Okay, let me let me rephrase. That's a long shot for them to win the SEC championship game. But we also didn't think that they'd be as good as they were last year. Oh, as they were. Oh, hold on. You didn't, you didn't, no, 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 no. You said that you thought that they were a sleeper, but you did not paint them to be Joe, a, 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 a touchdown away from Georgia. I finished picked them to finish second in the East. What are you talking about? I don't I don't think you picked them that high. I can go find that graphic. I'm gonna go Please find do. that graphic. I don't remember you picking them that high. I remember you being optimistic about them, but I don't remember you you picking them that high. Look, at the end of the day, though, the whole point is here is that they yeah, you didn't. The whole point yes. is here is that this is supposed to be a next step type of a year with all the guys that they're bringing back. Cook, Brady Cook comes back. Luther Burton comes back. That team can be really good in 2024, and you're relying on a stop. You, of course, your Facebook followers are going to say that you did. It's a big year. I don't. Again, I can you address that point and not so much the point that I'm making about okay. them being a good in 2024. I think they have a favorable schedule that could lead them to have having another year of really good success. I just don't know how Corey Batoon sets them in a in a direction. Maybe maybe he maybe he does work out. I just think he this is why I think happens. He coaches safeties, he's a defensive coordinator. They don't want to get rid of their inside linebackers coach. Okay, so they get a guy that coaches safeties and is a play caller. That's one thousand percent what I think this is. I think it right. it fixes it fixes a need. Now again, Joe, I do I'll give Batoon this. It does show that he he went into interviews and meetings with three offensive coaches, and either they made him a position coach or a co DC or now and now a DC. I think that that's something that we need to take into account here. What did he say in the in those meetings with those three offensive guys that got him these jobs? I mean, like, it would be one – Joe, you know what this is like? Let me tell you what, what? this is like. This is like uh, uh, Saban going and hiring Austin Armstrong as his, you know, inside linebackers coach. The difference is, okay, like you're you're surprised by that. Okay, I mean, not you, but I mean, like, people are like, oh, man, this kid must really know what he's talking about. When you surprise those good coaches, uh, that that has to mean something. Like he's saying something in those interviews that has to show something. He's not just going in there and and playing with his you who. I know I'm not I'm not implying that he he doesn't know what he's doing. I'm just saying. Look, I, the the numbers support that he's a good defensive coordinator and that he was doing it at South Alabama was notable. Well, was, well, here becomes the second. Here comes the second question. Now, Alabama just hired South Alabama's head coach to be their DC. Who was calling the defense? That well, that I don't, I don't know for certain. That well, that's kind well, of one of the things that perked my 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 head up is that that no, head coach I, was just hired to be. He didn't have control in the defense. Let's call it what it is. That's the concern for me. Okay, if I if you want to give me if you want me to finally come out with and give you my biggest concern, here it is. My biggest concern is is that he did not really have full control of a defense. So you're hiring a guy yeah. who quite yeah he's got play calling technically, but that's also like being the offensive coordinator for. Lincoln Riley. I don't even know who the offensive coordinator is for, for Lincoln Riley off the top of my head. 
No, you, nobody does. You know the? Do you know the offensive coordinator for Ole Miss? Now you might be able to get this one. It's Charlie Weiss Jr. I know that. Okay, because you wanted him to be your OC. Yeah. What about Jeff Lebby? You know Jeff Lebby's. We'll talk about him. You know his OC. I mean that staff's so new. I don't really uh, see. That's my point. No, that that's the part that concerns me. The. So the strength is is that he has impressed three really good offensive-minded coaches. What what gives me a little pause is, okay, well, who was calling the defense at South Alabama? Was it you or somebody else? Well, that, that's what I'm kind of getting at here and where that was one of the things that stands out to me is that the guy who was running that team and was – these people – Find the graphic. Find the graphic and find where he said that he did. You did not pick them to, wait to finish second in the East. I did. I don't remember that. My whole point is here, though, Blake, is that it's strange to me that Alabama hires who his boss was and then the your move for Missouri is to hire the defensive coordinator under him. Like, who's more responsible there? Yeah. Like, that just feels weird. It's one of those things where I can't fully elaborate and explain it. It just doesn't. It feels off. You know who? Um, you know what it feels like? What? It honestly feels like something Billy Napier would do. I mean, that's kind of, kind of what I've been getting at. You know what else it feels like? It feels something exactly like Eli Drinkwitz would do. Eli Drinkwitz is not a. It's not a. I mean, have you ever listened to an Eli Drinkwitz press conference? It is the when LSU played him this year, I went to go like listen to a lot of his press conferences. The dude is just he's a different animal. He's he's a different dude. kind of guy. But that's why they call him the professor. I guess it's not totally surprising that he comes from a G5 background that he's I mean, hell, you know, that's he, where the head coach came from. This. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Look, Eli's had a lot of success. I think he could have a lot of success this year, right? I, I mean, their schedule is very favorable. Joe, like, I think they could beat Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely do. And I just think that they could beat Oklahoma. Now, Bama. <laughs> no. No. At the end of the day, what this all comes down to, their success of 2024 is going to be contingent on, does the defense not take a major step backward? They're going to take a step back because they're losing like six guys to the NFL. Two of their corners, their top linebacker, one of their edge rushers. It's not going to be easy to replace those guys. But can you go from being in top, you know, still staying in the top 50? That to me is what's going to be important because your offense is going to be so good uh, this upcoming season. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, in closing out here, Marvelous said definitely did no cap. But somebody find the graphic. I can't find H. the H. graphic. I, there's H. no proof. There's no proof. He did, Joe, just accept defeat. I'm going to find the graphic. It might be my email <laughs> somewhere. I can't find well, it on we gotta, Twitter. We got we to move, move on. We got to move on. I'm just playing with you. All right. 
Kayshawn Booty, is that where we're going next? Yep. All right. Joe, on Friday, Kayshawn Booty was arrested by the Louisiana State Police in an investigation that led into a betting scandal at L- or not at LSU, but for Kayshawn Booty while he was at LSU. Joe, it was uh, uh, reported on that he placed six bets on LSU-related uh, football uh, activities, one of them being – actually, two of them being uh, – in one – two of them being – let me – how do I want to say this? Betting on himself that he would have any time an anytime touchdown so that he would score a touchdown at any given point during the day – and that he would have over 82 and a half yards against Florida State in 2022. Joe, it was also reported that he placed over 8,900 bets, which was about 684 in a month. Um, what do you, do you think? And what do you, I, I, we'll talk about Kayshawn Booty here, but the bigger question is, is this is, this is like the fifth guy that we've seen get popped in college from placing bets on their old programs. Like, this is becoming a little bit of a thing. I think in the end of the day, this was going to happen no matter what. There was no control over it. You can't legalize sports gambling the way that it is starting to be soon a national thing, the way that it's been legalized without it eventually having guys get caught doing it, betting on themselves, betting on the teams they play for, potentially being able to impact the outcome of the games that they're playing in, all that stuff. It was going to be on the table. At the end of the day, and this is going to sound really shitty, but at the end of the day, you needed some someone like Kayshawn to get caught, who did a terrible job of covering his tracks as, as poorly as he could have done. one was his username. Like, what the fuck? Like, seriously, could, could not have tried any less to hide the fact that what he was doing was wrong. I almost wonder if he even really knew the severity of what he was doing. He had I mean, to. he had to have known. He made $500,000 off of it. But you know what's even crazier, Joe? He never pulled it out. He only pulled out $50,000. Right. Which someone... He was also hitting on an alarming, crazy rate, too. I mean, the right. dude was winning it like 79%. Joe, he won 79% of his bets. That's ridiculous. He's gonna be- you know that that guy who was doing um who was doing there was those videos of that guy from the jail cell that was uh, you know, oh, his, his yeah, girlfriend yeah, or something yeah. was recording. I mean, that's going to be Kayshawn. Eagles. <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be Kayshawn Butte uh, in I don't think in he's a year. seeing jail time. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know how that that whole thing's going to work out. But my, he, the whole point is somebody needed to get popped for doing it at an egregious level to set the precedent to everybody out there that had considered doing it. To realize, oh shit, I probably need to be a little more careful and also not gamble while I'm still playing. Y- you weren't playing at a time when it was starting to get legalized. I was. I I had a couple of guys on my team that pre pregame, we'd be eating a pregame meal. Would sit there and freaking do it. Not important people would not bet on our own team, but would bet on college football games and would ask me my opinion, and I wouldn't give them any. My whole point is, is that this shit is starting to become a thing, and I think it'll end and phase out eventually if enough people get popped for it. If they're betting on their own on different games, does it really matter? I mean, if, the, wait, wait, if they're betting on the NFL, it doesn't matter. Why? Do, if they're why bet- but let me ask this question: What does it matter if they're betting on other games, like in college because, football? Because they've got buddies that play at schools all over the country. 
one of them can text one of their friends. Oh, fair. The, the injury stuff is not national public knowledge. One of them can text their buddy, hey, starting left tackles out. Like, it's that easy. That's why that shouldn't be allowed. Don't and also the NFL thing. Vegas are doing that with staffs all across the country? Well, they're trying to do they, – they try to do that, and that stuff doesn't get as, as covered as, as much. But that's I, the whole I, point. I, you I, can't I, allow I, any of this. I, I understand what you're saying. I, I was just kind of trying to test you a little – I mean, I agree not betting – like, if you play in the NFL, you're playing college football, not placing those bets. But but here's the thing, though, too. Okay, it's gambling. Yeah. So, if Vegas can find it out, why can't Kayshawn? That's that's my only thing. So, they're, you're placing a, a wager with a business, okay? Like, hey, I bet you this outcome is going to happen, all right? So, what if I know something that they don't? Are they going to – do this to media afterwards because I know more things on LSU than they can even fathom. I know more things going on in the SEC than they could ever fathom. So well, that, I mean, that's that's such a deeper, more complicated issue that eventually I think okay, that true. that bag's going to get opened up. I mean, we could probably spend hours debating that, but I, I get I understand what you're saying. Okay, just inherently though, Kayshawn has an inherent advantage, but it's also super Fair. effed up the fact that he was betting on himself. Well, here's so here's the question. So I sent you this clip. I got like now, I think it's at like 90,000 views, okay, mm -hmm. about me talking about this. I, I'm assuming a lot of people have seen it. I'll give a quick little reference. He plays six bets on LSU. I know of two of them, or technically one because it was in a parlay. I know about one of the bets. What about the other five? Because... Joe, LSU led the SEC in drops last year, in 2022. You know who led the SEC in drops? Kayshawn. Want to take a guess? It was Kayshawn Booty. Okay. I know the year before, I know that you got injured and you were out, and, you know, he kind of went through a depression phase. And I do think, look, I do think a big thing for him was that he got depressed. He kind of went all the way down the hill. I, I mean – Joe, where did he get the money? It looks like he got the money from NIL because, in a, you know, in a, LSU's collective and the people that he was been involved with in Baton Rouge. But the, the bottom line comes down to, Joe, what were the other five? And why didn't you report on them? And why didn't you put them in the warrant? Let me tell you why. Because you found – Louisiana State Police was the one that arrested LSU – and they don't want they don't want the outrage. I think they want to arrest him. They have a they have a they have an agreement with FanDuel that FanDuel's going to keep his earnings and winnings, and they're going to keep his money. Okay, now I I do think okay that there's like they're going to shut it down with him, but I think they want to get him in there, get his court date, keep it hush hush, and let it be over with. I think that's exactly how FanDuel wants to do it. I think that's exactly how. Louisiana State Police and LSU want to do it. Let me tell you why. Joe, he won $500,000 and FanDuel didn't catch him. It's just as big a smear on their face as anybody else. Yeah. How can right. you not see that Kayshawn Booty has won 500000 Joe, if somebody is winning at that high of a rate, somebody at FanDuel has to know the people that have a half a million dollars, okay, in an account. Here's another thing. Joe, he played – he. When he bet put in the FanDuel, okay, to start placing bets, he deposited one hundred and thirty-two thousand dollars. 
130. Yeah, that's not that's not normal. That's, that's not, not normal. normal. That's, that's a different category. Flags. So yeah. not only did you miss it when he came in, because technically the credit card was in his mom's name. How the hell did you miss it when it said Kayshawn Booty 01? How can you not look at that from the beginning? That is the that is the most crazy thing to me. I think everybody wants this to go underneath the rug so that everybody just does this. Okay? But let me tell you this, though. I think that this shows, I think the NCAA might is going to look into it. I don't think from an LSU perspective, I think from a Kayshawn Booty perspective, but the NCAA, what can they do? What can they do to LSU? Joe, because here's the thing. It's not as if LSU wasn't trying to win last year. They won the SEC West. Like, I don't think that there was some big-ass conspiracy theory in reference to other players in that locker room doing it. You mentioned about something earlier. What I think comes down to is Kayshawn got hurt. He started getting depressed. He was doing a lot of crazy things because of NIL and making money. And quite honestly, and I mean pun this pun intended, he fumbled the bag. He 100% fumbled the bag. Joe, let me tell you something right now. It This is another question we got to start asking ourselves about NIL. Dog, he deposited $132,000 into a FanDuel account. How mm-hmm. much are all these other dudes making? I mean, I've actually, I've kind of heard some, I've heard some crazy things from some people that I've talked to that, like an, uh, a former Pac-12 player that I, I know of um, was, I heard, uh, an indirect connection of somebody who knows this person is close with this person was telling me that they were making like, like 600 starting offensive linemen in the pack 12, or it was making 600. Joe, you know year. that Caleb Williams has made over 2 million. What I wonder what Jaden yeah. Daniels made now. I Jaden, believe it or not, is not that kind of kid. Maybe it's not as much as like Kayshawn Bouti did. I mean, he had, he had a, you know, beats sponsorship. Beats. I'm sure that that well, paid and pretty I think, and nicely. I think Gatorade. You know, like he got, remember the, you know, Gatorade did the big, or Powerade did those big things with the players. Kayshawn, let me let me just tell you something that someone who covers the team, and I and look, I'm going to get killed for this. He's an idiot for doing this. Yes. I mean, there's no other way to, 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 no other to way stretch for it. Me to come out and say it. Now, I won't say that on AYS. I'm sure some LSU fans will see it on here and run with it. He's an idiot. Like, you cannot do that. All right? Like, that is, that. That is below – that is – Joe, that is insanity to me. It's, Joe, me and you place bets, right? I mean, maybe mm-hmm. not a lot. Maybe one or two or three, four a month. Maybe. All right? Joe, this dude was betting 684 times a month. Again. Well, fan- that's where the absurdity of it is, is that well, he's spending all of this money. How? That's what, again, I, you keep bringing this up where – where does FanDuel play into this and why was there not quicker action taken? And I don't know if that they have to just pass this on to some sort of criminal division that's responsible for tracking they this stuff. They gave it to the and, state police. Instead of giving it to the FBI, instead of giving it to, you know, what any other DOJ, what whoever, they gave it to the state police. Which is weird. I, they, I think you're right. I think that they don't want any connection to this either. Hell no. They dropped the news on a Friday. Louisiana State Police, I guarantee you, is going to get a hefty check from FanDuel from a compensation package to something. Watch. It's going to happen. It's going to come from yeah. one LLC or another, okay? They dropped it on a Friday. They arrested him on a Friday. Why do you think that that is? 
Joe, Joe, yeah, they don't me, want it to be. This, this got brushed under as quickly as it could have. Let me say this: I have extensive, I have an extensive background in law, specifically in how law enforcement works. Extensive, over a decade's worth. I know exactly what they did. Yeah, read between the lines of what I'm trying to say here. They want all this to be swept under, and what's the problem is. When the NCAA comes and stops, starts sniffing, then what? Because they're not going to give over anything to the NCAA, meaning the Louisiana State Police. They're not going to do it. LSU said, we're an open door. We're an open book. You know what else is interesting, Joe? Brian Kelly, in the beginning of the year, said that he's going to give an injury report each week to have transparency. Well, now you know why he had or wanted to have transparency. I wonder how many more teams. I, I think that's actually the next eventual thing that happens. Make an injury report be, every week. Yeah, I think the you NCAA or the, the, the conferences are going to require it because at the end of the day, I think the next phase in, in money being funneled into college sports is eventually conferences signing sports book deals. And I think that there's probably going to be some sort of a transparency deal that has to come into play there. As you're talking about, there is going to need to start being injury reports that happen. So yeah, I think that that's the next wave, man. I really do. I, I really do. I think Brian I Kelly's clearly getting ahead of it, deliberately. Well, he had to. And, and look, the, people want to know, Joe, why people at LSU take up for Brian Kelly the way that they do. It's because Ed Orgeron left this place after 2019, and these types of ruins. This is the kind of cancer that he had. Yeah. This is the stuff that he let just go rampant because he was having his own issues. So you right. want to know you want to know the truth of why LSU fans are backing up Brian Kelly right now and why it's taking more time that, like than people realize that it is. This isn't typical LSU. He's having to rebuild something that was quite honestly on the brink of something awesome that Ed just cracked the bet on. He liked big titty blondes over winning national titles. Good on him. I mean, if that's his preference, but that's just what what happened. I, I, Joe, this is a national problem, though. This isn't the first kid that got popped doing this. He was just the one that did it disagree. Well, he, right, he is the one who has done it the worst. And the Iowa State stuff, which we haven't even really talked about. Well, they bet on their team to lose, and they did lose by three. That's but a the, that, that whole investigation, though, is is kind of going to be squashed because the person investigating, I'm sure you saw all this stuff, he obtained that information without us. Right. He, he didn't do it legally. So that thing is going to get end up getting squashed, and those kids are probably going to walk free. Um, but it, No, because the feds can pick it up. State might not be able to pick it up, but the feds that's can't. True. That's true. So, uh, but you know what? The feds don't want nothing to do with it either. You know why? Because they're making – I know this is a longer segment that we want to do with here. Uh, this is my last point. Joe, New Jersey was the first state to legalize gaming betting on your phone. Okay? Mm -hmm. People in New York would go up, drive over to Jersey, which is your home state, yeah. place the bet, and then drive back. Yeah. So, did you know that New Jersey made a billion dollars in year one that that was uh, yeah. legalized? What yes. do you think these states are doing? They, the feds are making the same thing. They don't, man. They don't want to touch it. They don't want to touch it. All right, what do we got next? Uh, Big 12. All right, let's do Big 12. Let's talk about our good friends over at Home Field Apparel. Before we do that, we're back next.
Rafino and Joe show is brought to you by Homefield Apparel, which is the best, without a doubt, premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from, whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan, maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan, whatever it is, even Idaho. They have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff. Make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. I thought you were going to the um, Senior Bowl. No, not this year. It's I'm going to the Combine, not going to the Senior Bowl. Oh, okay. It's too expensive to do both. See, you've been to Mobile, Alabama, right? You, you've been there. Have you? There's not <laughs> no. a lot going on. No, Joe, I, I've never. There's not a lot going on. I, I've been there two years in a row. I, I don't need to go back. <laughs> you need to talk to one of your uh, uh, colleagues from the Golden Boot, Pooh Bear. He's from Mobile. He, 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 you might want to be careful when you talk mean about Mobile. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean about it. I'm just saying that like, I've been there two years in a row. I want to go experience and see what the combine's like. Basically, what you just said was Mobile, Alabama is ass. Okay. All right. Put words in my mouth. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just telling you the <laughs> truth. Joe, we've been doing this for all the P5, I guess P4 now um, conferences are way too early projections. Today, we we round this up with the Big 12 in a really new shaken up Big 12. Joe, Texas and Oklahoma are no longer in the league. You've got more teams like Colorado, Utah, and others coming in. I got to be a little real with you. I, 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 I Look, listen to me. I think... Call me Big 12 Blake from now on. When we talk about any Big 12 school, I think this is going to be the funnest Power 5, Power 4 conference in the country. It, it, it is back to what has made it entertaining. Chaos. This is what the Big 12 is supposed to be. It's supposed to be you chaotically no unpredictable. Idea. No idea what's about to happen here. Joe, it would not surprise me. <laughs> this is not going to happen. What if Baylor comes out of the Big 12. Baylor! I don't think that they will, but it, it, it's not off the table. There is a lot of parody. Here's the biggest thing. Here's the craziest part. Unlike the ACC, all of these teams are funneling shitloads of money into these football programs because they want to be relevant. Texas Tech's got their oil money. We don't know where the money's really coming from with Baylor. Colorado's got... Oh, Super, you want to know where superstars the going on over there with with Colorado coming from from Baylor, Dave Aranda? No, the Christians, the Baptists, well, yeah. the Mormons are funding BYU. Whatever that means, they're, they're, all of these hey, teams want to be nationally relevant. Then, then the, you know, now's the opportunity for it to happen. Joe, I had you a lot Arizona of who's got no damn money in their pockets, and they're just Literally, digging around. They have no yeah. money. Joe, you know, I was really high on Texas Tech last year because I thought that they had some really good pieces. Now, that was a mistake. McGuire, huh? 
That was a mistake. I mean, I was high too, and it was a mistake. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. Remember, there were the, Joe. How about this? Of the teams that we talked about, of the twenty-five teams that we ranked in our preseason poll and talked about, you know, we hit on twenty-four of them. I went and looked this up today. I went. The only one we didn't hit on was Texas Tech. Only one that we did not hit on was Texas Tech. Okay. Did I have Illinois in there? Okay. Sorry. Continue. Go. Go ahead. No. Well, no, we did Illinois because it was a. If you remember, we joked around because I said that you were because Brett Bielema. All right. Remember, like retweeted you. Yeah. Yeah. And so we did them. Twenty-four to twenty-five. Texas Tech was the team that we missed on. But man. I got to tell you, they were kind of on the brink of something last year. They just lost. And look, here's the crazy thing. Remember when we were making fun of them against Wyoming? Wyoming didn't have a bad year. Like, Wyoming was actually kind of good a little bit. They won 10 games. My point was, I think, I'm pretty sure Wyoming won 10 games. Uh, Let me look. Yeah, look. Wyoming had like a stretch where they were undefeated for like seven weeks. Remember? Go look at it. Hurry up. I'm, I'm trying to. Nine and four, you were wrong. Oh, I was one off? Yeah. Damn. Okay. They were nine and four. But they did have a good year. All I'm saying is it feels like it's used to all its conference to lose here with Cam Rising coming back. You got Colorado, who Joe, I got to be real with you. I got Look, you, you wanted to ban a lot of Colorado talk. Man, I, I kind of taken a look at Colorado. I don't know if they're not a competitor in that league. Well, like, okay, wait. That's I don't disagree with that. And I think that it is fair to say that Colorado has elite football players in Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter, and they've done a good enough job with talent acquisitions through the portal to fill some of the areas that were big issues this last year, which was their O-line, and their D-line. Them being competitive in the conference, finishing with a winning record, and maybe even in the top quarter of the teams, is a plausible potential possibility to bring to the table. I have never once doubted that. The thing that has bugged the shit out of me is that when you say that they're not going to win a national championship is that the Colorado fans come storming in here and they call you a jackass, which is... No, that's not all they called us. But it's fucking lazy that they, you know, they get all mad at us when they don't know what the landscape of the rest of the conference is. But yes, I think it's plausible to bring up Colorado. Are they one of my top two teams? No. Are they potentially top five or six? Yes, absolutely. Well, look, they brought in a brand new offensive line. They're bringing in a brand new defensive line. I I mean, Joe, there are a lot of guys from Colorado that hit the portal, but I got to tell you, not really anybody – I mean, a couple of guys, yeah, here and there along the offensive line, some defenders. But, Joe, those guys, a lot of those guys aren't going anywhere else. I I mean, it kind of feels like Dion is taking out what he believes to be the trash. My thing is, I think Texas Tech could be a player here. I'm still going to stay with McGuire. I'm not going to let the bad season ruin what I think they're building here. Joe, they got a they got, I mean, Texas Tech got a five-star recruit. Like it's not as if that they're not building something decent there. But I feel like, and we'll continue to come back to, I just feel like this is Utah's to lose. I I, I really, I really do, because you got Winningham, you got Rising coming back. They're still going to be physical. I just I, I gotta lean Utah here early, man. I I have to. 
Here's my two. I actually don't like Texas Tech. Um, a little burnt by them, so I'm removing them. I think Taj Brooks is a very good running back, and I think that he could be one of the top statistical running backs in 2024. It's, it's very possible. But I, I just don't know who else like is really on that team that's going to be a threat for them. My big two. Utah bringing back Cam Rising for year 20 is going to be very important. As we have seen, these, these older experienced quarterbacks who cam rising has been a good good player you know this is not like tyler shuck who's been around for a million years and has sucked everywhere he's been or our alan bowman the other one that's been around for a million years he is a good football player they're sending a couple guys to the nfl but they're a next up type of a team that develops at a very high level so I, I'm, I'm very optimistic on what they can do but my other one that needs to be brought up is Kansas State. Now, one of the things that I brought up with Will Howard going to Ohio State, why I was not impressed by him, that no one wants to talk about, Avery Johnson was right up his ass. Avery Johnson was coming for that starting job. And we started to see... about him during the year, remember? Remember how much we talked about him during the year? Yeah. The more time that that kid got on the field, the more big plays that he made, and then he played his goddamn ass off in that Pop-Tart Bowl... I think that Avery Johnson is going to be an explode onto the scene type of a guy in 2024, one who will be potentially the best player, if not one of the best players in the Big 12 in 2024, and their success is going to run through them. I'm picking Kansas State. I think that Kansas State is going to is going to win this conference this year. Okay. I went with Utah, but there is a team that I think we're leaving out that we leave out every year, and I always tell you it it's a mistake. Guess who it is? Who? Oklahoma State. The mullet just is consistent. Joe, they played in the Big, T- Big 12 title game. Okay, here's why I'm making that face. I don't disagree, but they're one of those goddamn teams that kicks the shit what, out of the I, easy teams. South Alabama. Wait, what? Oh, well, yeah, they do. They got trounced by South Alabama. They do shit like that. So, like, they'll finish with a good record, but they're going to make mistakes along the way that prevent them from being a really actual contending team. I don't want them to be up there. Joe, you don't think that they could fit? You know, why don't you want to be a – there it is. Why? Because they're going to – because they're going to shit their pants like they did in the Big 12 championship game. No, they faced a better team than them. That's all. They, I don't want them going to the Joe, playoffs. Remember that my running point. game they had? You love their little running back. What was his name? He's not little. Ollie Gordon's big as shit. I mean, six, you know six, what I mean. Two, six, three. Okay. I mean, Joe, I, I got to ask you a very honest I wrote question. them down. Look, I wrote them, I wrote them down, but I, 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 I'm I, a little wary about them because, you know. Okay. At a, at a Utah, let me ask you this. If they're not third, then where are they? And I, who, I, and I, who I, overtakes them? So, uh, again – like we could we can talk about Kansas State and Utah all we want to and I'm not disagreeing with you on Kansas State at all all I'm saying is how are how are you not going to have Oklahoma in your top 3 which would make them a contender you know what that would mean that means Oklahoma State and Penn or, or Oklahoma State and Kansas State I don't know if they play but I'm just giving a wild scenario cuz I'm sure they'll play Utah or somebody in one of those games there it's going to be a win lose situation of who goes to the Big 12 title game like that makes them a contender in that league. It, okay, I understand what you're saying. 
it's a little bit of a half-baked thought, but what I'm saying is that Oklahoma State is that type of team that has like a really good stretch every season. They did it two years ago, and then they got trounced by TCU. They did it last year, and then they got trounced by UCF. They'll string together a really good month, which always happens to be October. Good enough to place them at and they'll go five hundred in November. Three, right? They'll be placed right. at three or four, and enough. They've done enough work to solidify that position, but then they're going to shit their pants. They're going to mess up. They're going to lose a couple of games that they're not supposed to, and they're going to be you know defunct being in the conversation, but are still in, stuck at that three spot. In fairness, now in fairness, can't say that that they did that against Oklahoma. Well, that's what I'm saying is that they pulled out that huge win against Oklahoma. They had. Um, they, they went on that run where they started by beating Kansas state and they did all of those big things in the month of October. And then as soon as October ends, yeah, they lose to UCF. They got dominated I, I, yeah, by UCF. You didn't answer my question. Who would be above them at third at three name the team that you would take above Oklahoma state right now, Utah, K state. And then I, I me, oh. thank you for making my point here. But I didn't say. I literally said to you, they are good well, enough to finish third. You, all right, name your top three in the other three P four conference. They, Who are your top three in the SEC? Go. Who are your top three in the Big Ten? Go. Who are your three in the ACC? Go. You know how I know that you know them because I just heard you spat it off when I gave the same questions for each conference, and you were like, Arizona could be number three. Arizona could be number three. You're so full of shit. You know you don't believe okay. that. Wait, wait, wait. Let's. I want to look at their schedule really quick. This could, I think, further my point here. This is their current schedule. I think that they could start the season you nine and zero, and then shit the bed at the end. Higher. Wait, 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 wait. They start. They go South Dakota State, Arkansas, Tulsa, Baylor, BYU. Was a loss. Colorado, and then they their first real challenge is Kansas State. They could realistically go one, two, three, four, five, six and zero, oh, and we could be talking about they're them winning North. the Big Twelve. All right, fine. Five and one, and they can be ranked in the top twenties or whatever the hell we're gonna do. And then they get their ass kicked by Kansas State. Maybe even they beat Kansas State or something crazy like that. But I, I they could. My whole point is that they could start the season hot and then lose to teams like Utah, Texas Tech, West Virginia, and TCU. All of those teams are losable games for them. I think I just got stung by a wasp. Did you actually? Or are you just saying? Yeah, that? dude. Look. <laughs> And that's I think your I, reaction would. I think your reaction would have been a little. No, more. that's not panic. Like three minutes ago, I muted. I didn't even myself. notice. I didn't even yeah, notice. I, I, was, I, busy said, I was like, I was like, I was like, mother, dude, look at that big old whelp on the back of my arm. Why do you got wasps flying around your? Oh, now I, I now I know what you're talking about. You like hit your. Okay, I see. I, I was really confused by what you were doing when you did that. Oh no! I I like literally got bit. Why you got wasps flying around your house, man? I don't, I don't. Well, first off, I live, you know, the studio's in the country. Okay. Yeah. All right. And um, I have a son that lives in, lives with me. All right. And will leave the door open as the day is long. Joe, it was eight. That makes a lot of sense. Here. It was eight. It felt like eight degrees here last week. He left the door wide open. He And he's standing out front. You know what he says? <laughs> you know what, what your little nephew says? He goes, it's cold out here. And he just said, he just said there, he's a savage out here. And I'm like, Look, Ben is a menace. The more that you tell me, that. <laughs> dude. And then, and then 
comes in here, grabs his Spider-Man mask, goes outside and goes, I can fight crime in the cold. Just like jacket, any jacket or anything? Is he just no? Dude is bi- you know what Ben is built like? Speaking of the Big 12, what was that mm-hmm. Kansas State tight end? Ben Sennett. 6'2", 230 pounds with abs. That's gonna be him. I'm telling you. No, he's, he's gonna be a like he's me. gonna be a center. He's going no he's going no, no he, sleep. No, center. he's not gonna be no, he's not gonna be like me. He's gonna be like his uncle Brett. He's I'd like just like dude, my brother does not need to lift weights. Uh-huh. Strongest son of a bitch you'll ever meet in your life. I'm like, this did is he, did he play football? No, he played baseball. Had a cannon. Uh-huh. Had a cannon. Dude, I saw him throw one from the anyway. All right. <laughs> you uh we don't have to end at 12 because the LSU girls are playing. I'm going after that. Okay. Um want to finish here with Jeff Levy? Yeah. Okay. First year head coach, Mississippi State, Jeff Levy. Uh Joe, we we did this last year. Um, we're going around and picking year one head coaches and how we think that they're going to uh, do in year one. I think you know how much I really like Jeff Lebby. I, I like the staff that he put together. I like the the guys that they brought in from the portal. Joe, I'm going to tell you something. Don't sleep on them. Don't do it because, I'm, dude, they have pieces. They have some pieces. I'm telling you. As dude, I broke them down like six times this year. Zach Arnett is an idiot. They went nine and or ten and three, nine and four the last year of Mike Leach. They had some dudes. Don't let Arnett fumbling the bag confuse you. I'm telling you, don't do it. This team could this team could shake some stuff now. As I said in the open, I think that with Mississippi State. We need to understand just because if they have not, I don't want to say shaky. If they only go six and six, which that's a that's a bad season for an SEC team, six and six, but it's still a good season in the grand scheme of things. I don't think that is telling of the direction of the football program. I think you bring up a really good point. I think that Zach Arnett completely misused this roster. There's going to be a little bit of turnover. There's guys yeah. going to the NFL. There's guys that hopped in the portal. They lost really good players. Richardson kid at corner. You know, I I mean, some really good players, even though Malik neighbors (laughs) had like 270 yards on him. Right. Um, Joquavius Marks, I think he's going to USC. Thomas is gone. Uh, And Nathaniel Watson, their, their star linebacker who was an all SEC player is gone as well. And Preston is gone to safety. I'm a little, and Will Rogers too. I'm a little wary because like, I don't know who their quarterback is. I'm sure that, Levy's going to figure it out and get the most out of them. Here's where I'll say that I agree with what you're saying. And I think that the take here is not that Mississippi State wins seven, eight games and surprised everybody. That's not the take. Mississippi State is a team that could be a spoiler because they run such a hard to keep up with offense against teams like Florida or Texas A&M or Missouri one of those teams that they catch off guard because they're not prepared for them. Hold on. Hold on. Um, I don't know if they can't get to eight wins. I okay. Wait, I I already I already mapped it out. The winnable games for them: Eastern Kentucky, um, Arizona State, Toledo, Arizona State, Toledo, UMass, and I, Arkansas. Oh well, hold on now. I, I th- I'm going to tell you something. 
I think they beat Florida. Okay, that only gets them to six and six, though. All right, ho- okay, hold on. They got Texas loss, Georgia loss. You a thousand is a toss up. Are you are are you a thousand percent sure they lose to AM? Well, that's what I'm just saying. That's what I'm saying here is that I, I think I, that they could spo- be a spoiler against AM. That that maybe gets in there. I'm giving them a win. Arkansas win. They're Union. not beating Missouri and they're not beating Ole Miss. So that's six and six. That's what I just said. That's, that's what I was getting at. Are you a thousand percent sure they won't beat Tennessee? They're not beating Tennessee. Okay, I'll give you that. I don't know, man. I, I mean, I got seven wins for them. I just counted out seven. I think that's really optimistic to assume seven in this first year. I mean, for seven. first year, first year coaching the SEC, first time he's ever been a head coach in the SEC. I wouldn't be surprising at at, at a Mississippi State for me, not for me. But I'll tell you that I'll tell you this though. I, I promise you this. They went in the portal and got some offensive linemen that can play now. Now, I, I do agree they got to figure out the quarterback situation. Marlon Martinez can play. I've seen him play. No, he can play. He's gonna be he, he's probably gonna be one of the better centers in the league. Like he's going to play. All right. He had some issues here and there uh at LSU, but couldn't see the field because you just got beat out by a better guy. I mean, you got a really good O line at LSU. But Dude, I don't know if they don't run the ball really effectively. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, Joe. They have pieces, man. They have. This is not a team that you can just look at and say, you know what they are. I don't completely disagree with you because we're just, we're obviously just arguing over a win, one win here, dude. I, they're the team though that you line up with, and if you're like. Kirby or your Sark or you whoever, like, God damn it, we got to play this team. They're going to be physical. They're going to run the football. They're going to beat us up a little bit, and we're going to we're gonna beat them by 20. We, Texas might beat them by 20, Joe, but you know what? Sark the next week's like, God damn it, my my dudes, they, you know, they, like, that was a physical football game. That That is who Mississippi State's going to be, man. Don't underestimate them. Don't do it. I think that the, um, I think that the the one thing that you're bringing up here is important, and that's what, I mean, that's what Mississippi State has always been. They've always been that when they're good, has always been that type of a team that's unexpected that pulls out wins against teams that you're not really predicting to do so, and and well, that's you, what the expectation should be. You know who they're going to be? A little bit better Arkansas. Joe, I talked to an SEC coach today, okay, at LSU, and. He goes, I was he goes, dude, what team last year did you think that we came the most beat out of, like beat up out of? He said, obviously outside of like Alabama, obviously outside of, of Florida State. And I I, I said Mississippi State. And he, we kind of chuckled because he knew what I was leaning on. Mm-hmm. But Arkansas. He goes, he he, he's, he he basically was like, Blake, dude, I mean, you could say what they want you want, but sometimes you just play teams that are five and seven, six and six in this league. And it's a physical-ass football game, okay? I think they're going to be a little bit more high-flying. I think they do have some decent defensive pieces. I agree with you on one thing, though. I think it's a real. It's it's not fair and good to assume that a coach can walk into the SEC and do good things. I just think there's a different expectation for a guy like Levy at Mississippi State than anywhere else, personally. And I, I okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just say I just think it's really unrealistic to expect them to do more than six wins in his first year in the conference as first time as being a head coach too. 
It's just yeah, not. I, it's just not super likely. It's a hard conference. They've got one of the easiest schedules in the conference, but at the same time, six wins in the SEC is, you know, that's that's tough to come by. And, and I'm basically implying that they only win two conference games. It would help if they played Vandy or South Carolina, but they 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 don't get that draw. They don't. Well, they don't get LSU either, though, too. So you 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 bring off LSU, you put on Missouri. Which I don't be honest with you, I don't know, you know, if Mississippi State wouldn't want a little change in scenery in that venue. <laughs> that one's been, I mean, Joe, they've been in the West. I mean, would no. you rather face LSU or would you rather rather face Missouri? Historically, Missouri, but like right now, I mean, both are tough I, teams to beat. Uh-huh. A loss to them against Missouri is much more e- is easier. Than a loss against LSU, no, they'll say no because it's LSU. No, they they need to change the scenery. Yeah, I mean they've gotten the shit kicked out of them. Yeah, hey, being in the West, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna win seven games. I think they beat Arkansas. I think they beat A and M. Well, I I had Arkansas in there. I, I just but Florida is the one. You know, that makes you know, most sense. But you know what? There could be. I, I get what you're saying. There could be from a talent to talent perspective. What you're just what you're saying is, is there could be a week, there could be a chance that they don't win a conference game. I at the end of the day, too, though, if I mean, there's a more yeah, and if there's I, a more prepared first year coach, though, with a good roster, it's Texas AM. Like I, I feel like I don't want to pick Texas AM to lose a trap game like that, you know? It's AM. They lose trap games every year. That's what makes them Texas eight and four. Well, that was the whole point of whole point of getting Elko is that you beat all the teams you're supposed to beat, and then you lose to the, you know, you're probably going to lose gonna those happen. top three. I've seen this story played out at AM every time. This is one of the more high floor hires that they've ever had. More high floor than Sumlin, more high floor than I not high ceiling, so. high no, floor. I don't think so, you can do that. I don't think you can do that the, to Jimbo. Yes, I can because no, you Jimbo, you bring him in, you and the why? expectation you know is to win a national championship. But he's never coached in the SEC before, so you don't know what he's going to do. Or no, sorry, he has an, as an assistant. But the expectation is that you're getting a national championship. But then we saw what the low level of it was, which was them playing like dog shit. And with Sumlin, he went and recruited all these five star kids, and none of them played to the expectation because he didn't develop them. The ceiling was really high. You're getting all these big recruits, but then the floor is he that they don't develop and they suck. On the field, uh huh. He had a better run at the end, but yeah, no. In the end, he did. <laughs> Sumlin was a better head coach at A and M than than Jimbo was. I, Jimbo I just was think that Elko's team. different. Jimbo was a national champion, though. Yeah, his 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 floor was much higher coming in than Elko was. If Elko fails, you say, "Well, you hired the dude at Duke. You could have had Mark Stoops." That's what you'd say. My, well, what I'm getting is I think the floor for Texas A&M with him is more like, you know, you consistently win eight games. All right. Whatever. By the way, I, I, I don't like Texas and I don't like A&M. I don't know who I, I pull for in that game. When you make me pick that game next year, I might not do it because I don't want either one of them. No, I'm pulling for Texas A&M. I like Elko. Um, I didn't like Jimbo. I like I, Elko. No, I can't because you know what a and A&M is the messy, white, rich guy at the bar. I heard Brian Kelly 
Uh, I heard Brian. Oh, you just don't like Lucci. That's that's why you're saying. No, that's I mean that's, that's how A and M fans act. That's A and M fans. They're the rich, old bratty kid at the bar. Texas that's fans are. are the same way. Texas fans are the same way. I mean, I've met enough Texas weird. alumni. They're weirdos. I'm still rooting for AM. Okay, maybe not Texas, but AM for sure. All right. We'll see y'all Wednesday. Come on, man. Come on. Uh 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 what's your name? Shanahan. Let's end the show with that. Come on, Shanahan. Finally get you one. No. See y'all went. What? You want candy? You want you want all I the can't stand Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy sucks. I don't want any of the Brock Purdy supporters to be oh, to, to be validated. Every time you have takes like this, that means the quarterback does good and wins. Everybody better pick San Francisco. He every time this sucks. Fans, every time you do this, you did it to Tyler Van Dyke last year, and what happened? And I did it with Brady Cook. And I, I mean, I could go down the and Graham Mertz. I could <laughs> oh, go down the laundry list. It's, it's insanely long. Super Bowl, baby. See you Wednesday. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.